Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who love to eat snacks, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So, Jonah, I was thinking about when we were kids, and we both kind of had, like, you know, our favorite stuffed animal type of thing. And you had a little pal. Do you remember that? Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I actually have it here and I was just looking for <gasps> for it and it's around somewhere. But um, our parents came to visit, I think, when me and my wife had a wedding party in August and they brought up this box of stuff and included in it was Charlton, which was my doll from growing up. They brought a bunch of letters from camp, a bunch of a bunch of stuff from my childhood, and this was in there, basically. Yeah, Charlton. I hadn't asked for it, but they brought it. Charlton, yep. Yeah. And you pointed out to me, and also my wife pointed out to me, that Charlton, um, I guess, was it was a female doll. I always thought growing up that it was a guy, and it's cool either way, but it's very obvious to other people, I guess. I don't know. I just wanted to say that, like, I'm sure when your wife pointed it out, you were like, oh, great. Charlton's actually a girl doll. I think your reaction when I pointed out to you as kids was not quite as... Yeah, I was on a different page at that time. Yeah. And it's interesting. Well, her other question was, why is their name Charlton? She was like, is it 
Charleston or Char or Charleston, you know, Charleston Chew. And I was like, no. And she was like, oh, is it Charlton? Like a charlatan. But it's it, no, it's Charlton. Charlton. Yeah. But did I come up with that name or was did it? Did someone tell me that? Because it is kind of an interesting name. I don't know, because was there um was there a gummy bear from the series? The gummy bears called Mrs. Charles Hart. Because I feel like I had, maybe it was an invisible friend or something named Mrs. Charles Hart. So maybe we love Charles kind of names. They felt very kind of British and fancy to us. It's possible. And we did watch a lot of gummy bears growing up. Yeah. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. Gummy bears. Did you have a, did you have a doll or a blanket or something? I don't remember. You know, I had this white teddy bear that I remember I was really, I really loved. And then I got this big white rabbit that immediately took its place from like Sam's Club or something. But the thing that really stood the test of time is I had this blankie, this yellow blanket. And I remember when I was like too old to like be carrying around a blankie by, you know, my standards, I guess. Our mom, she was like, I just heard or read this thing about how like, we can cut your blankie up into pieces and hide it around your room. And then like, you know, every so often you'll find a piece of your blankie and it'll be nice. And so that's what we did. And it was really nice. Like I would once in a while in a drawer or something be going through a drawer and I would see a little piece of blankie and I loved it. Yeah, that's great. So that's what I want to say. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Well, maybe we should introduce today's guest. Yes. Speaking of things I love to see... Our guest today is not only a good friend, but a hilarious comedian, actor, and writer you may know from his incredible work on Saturday Night Live, or from starring in the film Brigsby Bear, which he also co-wrote, or you may know him from his very cool, very nostalgic new Netflix show, Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. Please welcome the wonderful Kyle Mooney. Hello. What's up? Hello, Bears. Hey, Kyle. Good. Great to see you. It's so it's so great to see to see you all. The main sort of stuffed animal I recall from my childhood was. Did you ever hear of? Um, I think they were called wrinkles in need of cuddles. Wrinkles, the dolls. I don't think I do remember. No, they were like they were dogs, wrinkly dogs, and I think you could, <sighs> I think you could puppeteer them in the mouth. I believe. Oh, okay. But there was also a video special that that they made, a VHS like directed video called Wrinkles in Need of Cuddles. And it starred such a long name. <laughs> it starred a girl who was, I think, also on Punky Brewster, maybe. Um, but it's a it's a it's a video that was at the blockbuster that I used to rent a lot. I never owned the video, but I did own the, my. I think my grandma gifted me Wrinkles, but I did probably like you know decades later when I started kind of collecting VHS tapes. I found a Wrinkles tape at like a a record store for 50 cents. And that, that was, that was a, a joyful find because I had such distinct memories of not only the stuffed animal, but watching that video as well. Wow. It's, it's still decent. If you want, I'm sure you could find YouTube clips of the, of this special. It's pretty funny. When you were making Brigsby bear, was that, um, the film was that informed by any like bear, like a Teddy Ruxpin or any type of yeah. toy like that you had? Yeah. I actually have a Teddy Ruxpin, in the box right over right over here. I know we, we can't see it, but or the listeners can, but he's there. Nice. Oh yeah, nice. He's there. You can vouch for me. But yeah, they made a a Teddy Ruxpin live action special as well. Like that aired on TV. 
And my understanding was that it was like too, it was so expensive. It was supposed to be a pilot for like a live action Teddy Ruxpin series, but it was so expensive that they then ended up just making an animated series. But anyway, this special we watched a lot and drew from. And that also, that's really cool. It's on YouTube and like uh, pretty trippy, and but also very impressive. Wow. Wow. For listeners who don't know, Brigsby Bear is this film that Kyle co-wrote and starred in that's uh without getting into it too much you should see it it's it's so great about a tv show about like a big like puppet kind of teddy bear animatronic yeah 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 we liked making the movie and I guess I like bears cool that's awesome (laughs) is it weird being a guest on a podcast that you should probably be hosting because you know way more (laughs) about all this stuff than we do well, to be fair, we have had Kyle co-host stuff with us like this before when we did our series finale special about Blossom that was at, really fun. at the Bell House. Kyle co-hosted and we kind of interviewed Jenna Von Oy, who played Six on Blossom and talked about the finale of Blossom. And we had a musical rendition of the theme song by Laura Stevenson. That's right, of the Blossom theme song. That was so cool. Yeah. So Kyle, so you had you had that growing up. I mean, what did you have any other toys growing up that you were like really into? I, I like, yeah, I, I was really into toys generally. I'm now starting to sort of recollect toys that I had as a child and try to find them in the package. But yeah, I, I mean, like, I feel like I went through everything. Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, He-Man, Transformers, Mighty Max. I, I don't know that one, I mean, like, I, I just had phases. I don't know that one thing was like more meaningful than the next per se. I definitely had a big Star Wars phase and tr- Transformers and all of all of them I, at different moments were like the most important thing in my life. Well, because it's like generationally, I think like you're a little younger than us, but it was like all about the toys and, and cartoons. And then I think kids got really into video games and maybe didn't have like the same attachment to action figures that maybe we did like in the 80s. Yeah, I also weirdly like and I've said this before, so I apologize if anyone listening has heard me say, say this, but I'm the youngest of three kids a lot of these things that I was into, like Thundercats or Transformers, was that was more their thing. It was airing when they were mm-hmm. like more c- conscious, you know what I mean? Um, but like the figures were around the house. And so I kind of became obsessed with them and then like seeked them out, like was renting the tapes at, at video stores and stuff because like I, I, I just built like a TV show basically around this stuff. Yeah. But like that period of like 80s and 90s, cartoon action figure stuff is it i feel like it's an unfortunate thing because i think like so many of us are obsessed with it and like it just feels like they they really hit it out of the ballpark that like something worked in a big way yeah well i mean we should talk a little bit about your show which is so incredible again um saturday morning all-star hits on netflix if people haven't seen it it's basically mimicking like what you would watch on like nbc on like a saturday morning where there were do you want to just talk a little bit about it? I It's so accurate to like the late 80s, early 90s that it's incredible. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, if I, I think you described it very well. Uh, it's sort of like if you put a tape into the VCR, yeah, on Saturday morning, like you said, NBC, ABC, any network, press record. And so you're getting pieces of cartoons, but you're also getting commercials. And I play twin hosts throw to the cartoons but <laughs> yeah. they're all these like sort of live action moments and the animated moments they sort of all weave together uh kind of in in, in fun ways and yeah it was truly like a a, a dream job and and the people you know 
everyone who worked on it with me, Ben Jones, Dave McCary, Scott Gardner, and a bunch of awesome r- friends and writers. We are, we, we, I think we are all like, can be obsessive about that stuff in different ways. And like the artist did such a great job of really nailing the look of yeah, that totally. animation. It sounds corny, but like, yeah, like a perfect like sandbox. You know what I mean? To just sort yeah. of like, and a way to do what I try to do, but with like this imagery and, and this iconography that like we love and that I love and that it means a lot to me. I have kind of a weird question because I think the show is so great too. And I love how, how it all weaves together in the narratives and kind of how dark it is at times. And I guess like my question, when I was watching it, I was like, I don't understand how Kyle would pitch this. Like, I, like it's so cool to see the final form, but I don't even understand. Like, it's hard to put into words even as someone who's seen it, like before yeah. it was a thing, was it hard to like kind of explain it or something? You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, absolutely. Well, it's always, yes, it's not, it's not an easy thing to explain. And like, <laughs> totally. over the, while I was making it, when I, when I was like, oh, I'm working on this show for Netflix. Yeah. It was always a struggle for me to get the idea out to people what it is and what, it, or what it was going to be. When we pitched it, like, Fortunately, um, the execs we pitched to at Netflix, Mike Moon and, and Elizabeth Porter, like they were around in that era of animation. So they like got it immediately. And yeah. They, like, I don't remember where Mike worked, but maybe it was like, you know, Hanna-Barbera in like the early 90s or something like that. And so like we were very fortunate in that we were talking to people that knew this world really well. And Ben, my co-creator co-creator on the show like he is an art i mean he works in animation he's also an artist but like he was in this group paper rad that i that i really loved in college and like all a lot of their work is like was like using image like garfield or or muppet babies or something like that in their work uh yeah yeah it was it's still hard to pitch and it's a tough thing to put into words and like that's (laughs) why i you know i hope that people experience it because like you know, it's, yeah, this kind of crazy tapestry of, of things. Well, it feels so elevated, too. I was going to say, like, of, you know, when I was watching it, I was like, is that Paul Rudd's voice? And I looked it up and it was. And it's like, obviously, like, you know, I'm a star- like, there's just like so many. It just feels like a real, um, it feels perfect for people who watch that stuff because it's like just such an elevated version. And it sort of takes me back to, you know, when we had Beck on the podcast, we were talking about some of the stuff that you did at SNL where you would kind of parody an episode of a sitcom from the 90s and it would get really dark. (laughs) Right. You reminded me that like one of the goals in making the show and something that we talked a lot about in like during the conception was like, I, I, you know, I I have all of these video, like this pretty big VHS collection of like mostly children's entertainment from this era. We would have people come over to the house and like, drink beer and smoke hookah and like we'd throw on a rainbow bright vhs or whatever but like the tough the difficult thing that happens and i think it happens with all of us whenever you like throw on one of these cartoons is that it's like oh this is actually pretty slow and it's not (laughs) giving me exactly what i want yeah It's it's almost like you get more out of just watching the gummy bears intro than you do watching a full episode you know what i mean right 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 yeah and so i think like we were trying to essentially yeah tell adults store stories that would interest us but like still be able to use this stimuli yeah that like is ingrained in us or whatever 
<laughs> yeah. Did, did you ever read that comic? Did you ever see those Garfield minus Garfield comics? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Vanessa, have you seen those? Or, I don't yeah, think I have. It's like, it's, it was like a blog and it was like someone took all the Garfield comics and just edited out Garfield. So it was just Jim talking to himself. And it was, it's like, it's like super existential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll be like sitting there like by himself eating cereal, nothing, nothing. And then he'll be like, well, I guess we're all going to die or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, the um, Garfield was an- initially going to be about Jim. About what? Jim. It was initially going to be focused on Jim. And then they ended up focusing it on Garfield. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I, th- I found that out recently for our show. We were writing something. We were doing some Garfield research. We found that out. Well, it's like the, the the kind of family matters situation. What's that? Well, just that it was supposed to be about a family. And then five episodes in, they introduced this like guest starring role that Julia White plays, Urkel. And then like, yeah, I guess immediately becomes a hit. And then yeah. the show sort of begins to revolve around him. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah, such a star. You know, Jonah, our Uncle Dennis always really loved Urkel, probably still does to this day. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. Huge Urkel fan. That's cool. We're going to actually take a quick commercial break and then be right back here with our friend. He's the coolest. Kyle Mooney. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. And we're back. Yeah. Yes. Right. Kyle, you know what I was thinking about the other day? No. 
Remember? Um, okay, then I'm going to tell you. Remember that video that we did where, and it was based on a bit that you and I used to do at SNL at the time? Oh, where <laughs> flirt, flirty? Yeah. When Kyle's first started on SNL, he would like come up to me. This was our bit. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't even, I'm going to fully go off the dome. I'm not even like putting too much thought on this. But yes, I would like, approach you down the, at the, in the hall or something like that and be like, Hey, Vanessa, I've, I've got to tell you something. I really, really like watching bowling on TV. <laughs> I'm going to go watch some bowling right now. Yeah. Then I'd be like, just trying as always to like match Kyle and be as funny as him. I'd be like, yeah, I like bowling too. Actually, um, this weekend, uh, I don't know if, if the weather's going to be nice, but I hope it is. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we would do stuff like that for a long time. And then we made a video about it called Flirty. If people yeah. want to look it up. It came up on my like YouTube recently, like like recommended or something like that. It's. I think it's no longer called Flirty. I feel like it's called like awkward flirtation or something oh like that. got it got it not as good of a name but i could see how that's more clickable i guess yeah 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 yeah. you gotta get those clicks but it was really such a fun thing now kyle we asked you to bring in a topic today to talk about and something that you brought up was uh that jonah and i are both really into was saved by the bell the college years i'm glad i'm i'm psyched that you were into it it can be scary to to throw topics out there sure Oh yeah, were you? Did you watch Saved by the College Years when it was out? Was it something you got into later? Or what was your? I definitely story? watched it as it aired. Okay, I mean, I, I will say, like, my history with the original incarnate of Saved by the Bell was like it, it aired on TN on Saturdays, TNBC. But like, I saw most of it, I guess, in syndication. Like, on I would come yeah. home from school and it would be on both TBS and WGN. So there would be like two episodes on TBS and then two episodes on WGN. So like you'd see four episodes of Saved by the Bell daily starting at like 2 p.m. or something like that. Right. So I watched most of it that way rather than like on Saturday as they were airing. Maybe I saw the like last season on NBC, but but the college years I remember, I definitely, I feel like it was like prime time. It was like 8 p.m. on a Thursday or something like that. And I definitely watched it. Oh, yeah. I see Tuesday evenings. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It was pretty exciting. And, you know, they had updated looks. It was like very 1993. I feel like yeah. the shift in Zach was. He had longer hair, right? Yes, absolutely. And like, you know, I feel like there was like now some flannel involved rather than like. Right. You know, like the hyper neons of, of Saved by the Bell or whatever those like kind of that whatever that palette was. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, I don't know what what how you, you would describe that aesthetic as like kind of like, you know, sort of like corporate college grunge or something like yeah, that. Totally, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it only ran for one season. There's only 19 episodes because it feels like, <laughs> like it was more substantial or something. Yeah. I think they must have really pushed it. I'm so shocked. I, I'm reading this now. It's like I 
I don't remember it being on on Tuesday evenings. I feel like maybe because I saw it also more in syndication. I thought that it was on during the day, but like Saturday mornings, but it wasn't. Um, and I wonder if that was maybe part of the problem, part of the reason it didn't get, you know, I feel like if people are choosing between NYPD Blue and <laughs> right. the Bell the College years, you know. I mean, it ran from May 22nd, 1993 to February 8th, 1994. You know, ambitious of them to take Tuesday nights. Yeah. Something that Jonah and I thought was really funny, too, that we had forgotten is the RA. Oh, yeah. M- Mike Golick, uh, or Bob Golick, excuse me, who plays Mike Rogers, who I guess, who was a football player in real life for the Cleveland Browns. Yes. And which was supposed to be a, a football player for the 49ers or something on the show who decided to go back to college and decided to go back to college and become an RA dorm, an RA <laughs> right. in their dorm, which yeah. I thought he was like an administrator or something, but he was just an RA. Yeah. This article was saying that, and by this article, I mean, Wikipedia is saying that like, initially they had him sort of as the Mr. Belding kind of like, that would hard, make more sense. Hard yeah. edge guy, but, then he became kind of like more into them and nice them. Although I think it, regardless of his attitude and what he lets them get away with or not, he was always an RA. It is strange that they're like, this character is someone who played football for the 49ers and decided to become an RA. <laughs> Especially because RAs are usually like people who haven't had full careers yet. Right. Or they're usually like kids who are like f- one grade ahead of you or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I maybe watched the series probably like four or five years ago on like Hulu or something like that. I've not, and I've done minimal research here. So everything is truly just from the vaguest memory. Yeah. Perfect. But, uh, yeah. He definitely, I guess he got it on the antics, but he also was, he, he, he did stop them from fun. I remember like whatever schemes they were getting into, like, you know, like he would, st- if you were to run into Mike in the hallway, you know, you couldn't be holding a beer around. You know what I mean? Right, right, sure, right, right. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure he never saw any beers backstage with the San Francisco 49ers as a full <laughs> adult. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's also funny that like I, I'm just having this thought, but it's like, you know, again, you, you you all are from Cleveland, right? So like yes. Yes. he could be meaningful to you in a very specific way if like you saw him playing for the Cleveland Browns. But like to me, Bob Golick <laughs> means nothing like i'm seeing like <laughs> yeah okay yeah. so this is like a football pl- like i don't know like is that a reference that like a nine-year-old is supposed to know i can't tell <laughs> yeah that's a really good point i don't know vanessa was our dad like you think our dad would be interested maybe in the show because of bob golick but i don't think you i don't remember that I really feel being like a thing. i remember him maybe walking into the living room once when we were watching it and being like that guy used to play for the browns and yeah. that was kind of the extent of it but he wasn't like he wasn't like a Bernie Kosar. He wasn't like a super well known player. I don't. Th- I mean, I hope all the all the Golik heads aren't coming after me. But I, that's from my memory. Well, I will say one thing, which is that Jonah on this podcast loves to kind of go after CEOs and and their various schemes. And I do wonder if there was some kind of tie in between like the NFL and um, mm. NBC and like let's let's elevate one of these players and and make that kind of you know corporate yeah. connection yeah yeah but it is it is a weird casting choice it is like sort of an odd 
especially because it would be one thing if they were like, he's the RA and like, he's got a great look for it, but it's like, he was a football player and they're like, let's make him a football player who then became an (laughs) RA. Yeah. It's different. Like when you were in train work with LeBron James, it's like, okay, well this guy's like the most popular person in the sport. So it's like, everyone has a reference point versus like this sort of more obscure player playing something he already did, but doing something totally unrealistic in the show. Also LeBron wasn't playing. He was playing LeBron. He wasn't playing like a guy who started working at the front desk of the magazine we worked at you know what i mean (laughs) totally yeah i mean who used to be a basketball player (laughs) (laughs) kyle um so you rewatched it four or five years ago i mean what are your thoughts because you know i'd also be interested in getting your take on like reboots in general because it seems like in the last few years like obviously it seems like this full house was like a big one and then all these ones but this was almost like a reboot before it was such a big Things or like a proto reboot in some way. It was like a sequel almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, at the time, I, I mean, I just felt like, oh, great, more Saved by the like. It's yeah. like totally. I, I was psyched that like we didn't have to like really say goodbye to these characters, and I, and I, I would have to like look it up, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if like almost concurrently they they like slotted the like Saved by the Bell, the new class, like on NBC, like on Saturdays around this time. So there was probably right. like a lot of Saved by the Bell franchising happening in this moment or around this right. moment. The other thing that Saved by the Bell did, probably not on purpose, but that made it so easy for them to kind of have these new spinoffs was that like, and we all know why, and I can explain it again, sort of, but I'm sure, Kyle, you could explain it better than me. They, you know, in the final season had two different groups of students at the same time. Like they... All of a sudden, in certain episodes, Kelly and Jesse didn't exist, and it was Tori. So it's like yeah. they already the audience was already willing to go with them on the journey of like, <laughs> right. if you as long as you have like Zach and Slater totally. and Screech, I guess you, you can kind of interchange the women, and so it sort of lent itself to like kind of throw throw a few of them at a wall and do whatever. Well, do they, whatever did, they I think they did that in the pilot. Like there was a full another. Right. This woman. Essence Atkins playing Danielle Mark. Yeah. 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 And then they got rid of her and they brought in Tiffany Amber Thiessen to re to to reprise her role as Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. And as you're, we're talking about it, like I will say like the show, I feel like it was more adult in the sense that like Saved by the Bell, the original series was wacky. And like you would have like kind of the, these like dream sequences and like. Like there's an episode where Screech like thinks he's an alien or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it got it. It, it had components of it got bizarre at times, and I feel like this show attempted to be more grounded, maybe. Yeah, uh, which could be to its detriment. I don't know. You know what? You know. Um, yeah, it, it does feel though like like reading the um like the episode <laughs> summaries on Wikipedia are just this show sounds totally insane. I mean like <laughs> like like here's a here, here's one called Zach Lies and Videotape, which already is like an insane title for a Save the Bell episode. <laughs> Zach receives an interesting anthropology assignment from the class's new professor Lasky. He has to conduct a field study of what women want. Meanwhile, Slater tries to gain weight to be a heavyweight wrestler and Rogers offers to help Screech as his personal weightlifting trainer. That's a, that's that's a lot going on for one episode. I do remember one of the changes in dynamics from 
the original series of this series was that Slater was like kind of the top dog at, yeah. at Bayside as a wrestler. And in this, he was like struggling as a wrestler. And that was, it was fun to sort of make, make AC human. You know what I mean? And sure. totally. it's, it doesn't all, it's, it, it doesn't come, all, always come easy to us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, especially the three of us all as star high school athletes transitioning into <laughs> college can be kind of hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. For me, especially, especially. I really liked, there was an episode where I'm pretty sure they referred to, they're like, we should throw a rave or something. Like, it's like, that's <laughs> sort of the. Yes, that's episode 15, The Rave. Well, yes. Mike gone and in need of money for a trip to Cancun, Zach and the gang stage a rave in the dorm. And this was like, probably like one of my first exposures to the term <laughs> rave <laughs> and like seeing their version of it which as i recall is yeah they just like i think they use professor lasky's lecture hall as like the party <laughs> spot and screech is getting like sort of bullied by uh some other classmates who like really want him to steal like nitrous oxide from the <laughs> chemistry lab or something like that and that so again also a thing that i would have had no idea about but it's like oh i guess like bad bad boys want nitrous oxide <laughs> which ultimately like as i recall screech it seems like he relents he brings in like a big tank and uh this sort of bad kids are really psyched but then they like suck out of it and he he ended up bringing a a helium tank and so we kind of all get a a laugh as they speak in super high-pitched voices oh man there was also this thing that i was just trying to look up but like the other thing that was so crazy about Saved by the Bell was like the college years was that I feel like when Kelly came back, she had shorter hair, right? Which was like such a change, felt like such a change. Obviously, we already talked about Zach had longer hair. But then it was like that period right before they all were just like, we're actually done with this and we're going to do new things. And then is like immediately Tiffany Amber Thiessen was on 90210 and she was like, kind of like a bad girl. Like she was kind of like, and it was so jarring. It was so strange. And I'm sure, you know, Kyle, as actors ourselves, we hate to be typecast, but um, it was so interesting how everybody went like, I, I, and obviously there's been a lot of, you know, there's been many a documentary done on, on the cast of Saved by the Bell, but it's like, even in the nineties, they like, they all like went like Elizabeth Berkeley did Showgirls. I feel like Zach or Mark Paul Gossler did a thing. Remember him in Dead Dead Man on Campus. But it's like everybody was really trying to be like, this isn't who I, like I'm not the Saved by the Bell character anymore, which I I get. But it was like everyone went really strongly in the opposite direction. And because it was still the 90s and Saved by the Bell was still on TV so much, it was very odd. Yes. I'm pretty sure, as I recall, (laughs) Mario Lopez was on... I want to say the name of the TV show was Pacific Blue and like they were oh, like yeah. kind of like cops on bikes essentially. Like uh-huh. totally. I feel like they would like ride bikes around the beach. Like that, that's like the only thing I I can recall from this show. I f- maybe it was on USA. I feel like it I yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I was really into that show. I don't know if you remember that show with Lorenzo Lamas Renegade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like him just like riding a motorcycle oh, around yeah. and beating people up. That was like the USA nineties. And Baywatch was the other show, I feel like. Totally. Yes. 
ton of character development on all those shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, did either of you, I, I personally haven't, but I know they did relaunch Saved by the Bell in 2020. Um, right. Like, did you guys catch any of that? I know that's not exactly the college years, but I feel like it's, you know, a good way to kind of sum things up. Well, because Mr. Belding and Screech were in it, right? Is that right? I, no, I, know that I think Screech that I think that Justin Diamond is in Kelly and Zach are in it as well. Oh yeah, but uh, Screech. Oh, Screech is not in it, right? But those two, incidentally, were in both Mr. Belding and Screech were in uh, the new class. The new class. That's what right. I'm thinking. So of. That's what I'm thinking of. Justin Diamond and Dennis Haskins probably did like you know. 10 years as those characters or something. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize the new class had so many episodes. There were like 140 episodes of the new class. That's wild yeah. to me. Yeah, it kind of picked up right where Saved by the Bell left off on Saturday mornings, right? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I, 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 I have not watched all of the, the proper re- reboot, but it, it seems like people love it. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it, to answer your question about, like, reboots generally, how I yeah. feel, like, I don't know. I, I just think it can go either way. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, totally. it's it's tough to it's tough to recapture that magic, but also I don't know that we're always the the people that they're like that we're the the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like Fuller House was an incredibly successful show, but it's like I think more geared towards families and children than like maybe you ho- hope it to be maybe. I don't I, Yeah. I, totally. Yeah, I, I also feel, I mean, like, as an actor, writer, creative person, like, I do want to say, like, I am supportive of anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm happy totally, that totally. these jobs exist for people. And, like, it's like making a Star Wars movie or something like that. Yeah. It's like, there's so much kind of fandom to appease. Like, there's no, it doesn't seem like you can really win. Like, there's always, somebody's always going to have some sort of issue. Oh, for sure. For sure, especially if it's something people are passionate. Like I remember when that Dune movie was coming out. It's like, okay, people are going to say it's not true enough to original. Then other people are not going to think it's accessible enough. Like, yeah, I mean, you're never going to please everyone, right? Yeah, and especially with these TV series coming back, it's like, or or films, it's like, do you get the original people? Do you get a whole new group of people and use the original people as like the parents or whatever? Like, it's so hard to figure out how to do that. Now, I will say a show that was only on for one season that I thought did a really good job with this. I don't think it was exactly called 90210, but the 90210 reboot where the cast came back and they played themselves. For example, like Tori Spelling played Tori Spelling and they kind of did like really exaggerated versions of what their reputations are. So it was like, I don't know, like it showed them all being kind of self-aware and like kind of making fun of themselves a lot. And I thought, it was a good show. And I was really surprised when it got canceled after one season. But I think that was like a very outside the box where basically the whole first season, they're trying to, as themselves, get a 90210 reboot going. And they're like trying to pitch it to network. It was a little insidery for people. Like, I feel like because I live in LA and I see people, you know, and, and get, like, I will say that like, I just felt like it was such an interesting way of them being like, we're going to reboot this. We're going to do it as ourselves so that we're not going to use new people. I don't know. I thought it was great. Yeah. I didn't see that. I, I do remember that coming out. I, I wish I would have. It was fun to watch. Anyways, when, and Kyle, what do you, and having a good time or whatever. Oh, oh sorry. Um, yeah, I just want to say it's having a great time, and I really think this is very interesting. Cool. On that note, we're going to go to commercial break. We'll be right back with Kyle Mooney, who's on a great time. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. And we're back. So, Kyle, now we're going to play a game that we like to call Back to the Present. Joan and Vanessa, we've got to go back to the present! And the name is obviously a hilarious take on the nostalgic Back to the Future film franchise. In this game slash segment, we each get to say something from our childhood that we wish would come back. So to give you a little time to think about what you wish would come back, we're going to give our answers first. I just want to remind you there are no wrong answers. It can be a snack, a show, a style, anything. Great. Normally, I come up with one. Jonah comes up with one. But Jonah felt really passionate about two. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce this And Vanessa also one. couldn't think of one. So let's right, not put it right, on. Right, 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 right. Well, okay. We'll cut that. But so... <laughs> <laughs> so one of, when we were doing our research about Say by the Bell, the college years, we saw that like part of the reason that it got canceled was because there were a couple shows, namely Full House and Rescue 911, that it was competing with. And that was part of the reason it was hard for say by the Bella college years to stay on. Mm. And so Jonah, uh, so, so our first thing that we wish would come back, uh, is this show rescue nine one one. Now, Kyle, do you remember rescue nine one one? I, I vaguely, uh, I, I remember it as like somewhere between like cops and like unsolved mysteries or something like that. Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. It was, it was hosted. It, it was, Hosted by William Shatner, and then it was like reenactments of actual nine one one calls. 
And that was the whole show. And I remember being in school and it being like an, inc- I mean, you know, like there weren't that many shows out, but it, <laughs> it was incredibly popular. I remember I would be watching it and it'd be like a guy climbing a, like a side of a mountain and then he'd just fall off and you'd be like, <laughs> oh my God, like this is a crazy, and, and like they had real audio from the 911 call, but it was like a, it was a huge show. The thing that I found interesting when we were, when we were kind of researching it, I use researching quote lightly, is that the people, so they play the actual 911 calls and then the actual people who made the calls often are reenacting it. And the actual 911 operator is also like commenting on it and reenacting it. So it's like, it's so crazy because these people who have been through this like trauma of this 911 call are like, yeah, we'll we'll play ourselves and we'll kind of reenact right. it for you. It's so it's so rare that you see reenactments of things like that done by the actual people who experience them. Yeah, that sounds triggering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like this traumatic traumatic horrible thing you went through, do you want to like do this low budget version of it? On TV, but I guess it also said that. But it's you Rescue Nine One One. I get to be on yeah, Rescue Nine One One. Yeah, people are like, "Well, I have to relive my trauma," but yeah, I get to be on this cool show. Okay. I guess the show's popularity kind of this set, the Wikipedia says coincided with the widespread adoption of the Nine One One emergency system, replacing the standalone police and fire numbers that would change. So it was also sort of like, I think, like a PSA to use Nine One One. Well, the the other thing that that the that is that it was never intended as a teaching tool um but various viewers said that they obtained knowledge watching the show and there were two specials called 100 lives saved and saved and 200 lives saved that were dedicated to those viewers who had written to CBS with their stories on how the knowledge they obtained watching the show allowed them to save the lives of someone else and at least and apparently at least 350 lives have been saved as a result of what viewers learned from watching it yeah, I'm, I'd be very curious to know how they came to that number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds totally made up. But I did find an article from 2018 about a Dresden one reboot in the works with William Shatner. Um, this is in Variety magazine. You two probably know big yeah, trade. Yeah, legit, legit. We yeah, love it. Um, they learned the reboots in the works. Um, unlike the original show, the new weekly two-hour show would have a live look at the first responders taking real emergency calls, but it would still be hosted by William Shatner, William Shatner. and it would be like a live 911 center or something. But as far as I know, this was four years ago. It never came out. Okay, mm. but we might get our wish. It sounds like it's in the in the works, possibly. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like, if I run into any like big wigs, I will, I'll I'll say that there's a demand for this is what I'm getting. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Kyle, you have a show on Netflix. Maybe yeah. you say, hey, uh, Variety ran this article. Maybe this is something you guys could run with as well. It'd be Go ahead and email me that link. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, the next thing. time you're at an industry party or whatever, uh, <laughs> just bring it up, you know? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go next. So um, what I would like to bring back uh, yes. is... Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you remember the Reese's Reese's Puff cereal. Oh yeah. Okay, great. So Reese's peanut butter cup basically as a cereal, and um, the problem with this cereal is that because uh, you can still buy it, you can still buy it. So this but, is this okay. this is a kind of a nuanced one. Yeah. But I believe in um, 2015 they stopped making it with artificial flavors and food coloring, and I'm saying. 
you're already eating Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cup cereal and right. you're cutting out the artificial flavor and food coloring. Like, let's just let's just get into this yeah. and just do it. Like, like to me, that's like, what's the difference at that point? You're already eating c- candy. So what did the co- color shift from? I, what's crazy is that I don't know exactly what they shifted from, but I was reading an article about um, <laughs> tricks when they when they. This was like a, a General Mills initiative, which we're going to get into the politics of General Mills oh in a minute. Oh boy, another uh, CEO with, takedown. Get ready a for subcategory it. called CEO takedown, because um, <laughs> with who I call General Mills is hypocrite in chief, Jeff Hammerlin. Yeah, Jonah, Jonah, you want to say that again because you were really proud of it and pointed it out to me <laughs> yesterday. General Mills is hypocrite in chief, Jeff Hammerling. They did this thing 2015 where they changed tricks too. And they like couldn't replicate some of the colors of tricks, the blue and the green. They couldn't get the right taste and flavor without artificial color. So they just cut those flavors out. This is the trick cereal, right? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know what it had to do with the peanut butter cup. Cause yeah, it's not as, as colorful, but, but yeah, they, they cut that out and, um, what I find just really uh, frustrating about this General Mills, their Here whole their whole corporate <laughs> ideology, is that um, you know this guy talks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hammerling. You know, Jeff Hammerling. I mean, they t- this guy talks about how General Mills invented the Nerf ball. They, you know, they their values have changed. One of one of the reasons we've been successful is we've changed over time. He said we lasted 150 years for a reason. That's because we like to win and we're up for a change. And it's like, you didn't invent the Nerf ball. You, you made an unhealthy cereal a different color. Like, I feel like this guy talks like he's, you know, this trailblazing CEO when in reality, you know, he's just another corporate stooge feeding sugary cereals. Yeah, exactly. He's a hypocrite in chief. So that's a little bit of a rant, I guess, um, that I feel like I just kind of put this guy in his place. He's probably worth 300 million times more than me. But, and uh, I think you will be going viral, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should become viral about now. But, but Kyle, what do you think about the Reese's, the Reese's cereal? And what do you think about going back to the original recipe and not trying to, you know, trick consumers into thinking something healthy just because it, you know, isn't fluorescent? I'm with you. I feel like if we're gonna get to have our like, yeah, sugary fun cereal, let's have real fun with it. Let's exactly. We don't need to be reminded of. It sounds sad to me. <laughs> that makes me sad. Why does it make you sad? I don't know. I'm without having without knowing what these colors are, I just like imagine <laughs> like gray. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. Did you ever read the <laughs> the book The Giver? Yes. I don't think so. I probably read it in third grade. It was like probably like the only book I read for like a span of. Oh like, wait, I'm thinking of the Giving Tree, but I think I oh, read yeah. the Giver too. Yeah, Giver is about it's a society like sort of society that like lives in like a black and white world, and a kid whose name might be Jonah, actually. Whoa! Wait, what? The main kid is like assigned. Everybody's assigned a job, and he's given the job of the Giver, and the Giver is like a person who holds on to all of the past memories. And incidentally, this person has the power to like seek color. I don't know. I'm only going off on this because like when I imagined, when I read that book in third grade and I imagined this gray world, you brought me back there. And I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm imagining Reese's pieces 
I don't know. Some somebody yeah, out there listening going on in is, is going to be able to make some connection here. Yeah, no, I totally you, see. It. You see the inside of the cereal box is that great yeah. world now. Yeah, and you see that being Jeff Harmoning's, you know, no, mission statement. I want to say something else that Jeff Harmoning said, and I, I Kyle, I don't mean to cut you <laughs> off if you weren't done with your thought, but it seems I have a lot more to say about the book. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he's saying in this General Mills' willingness to take a chance and embrace change just serves the company well. Then he says. Throughout its 150-year history, (laughs) General Mills has invented the Nerf ball, owned board game maker Parker Brothers, and focused solely on selling flour. What is... What? (laughs) What does that mean? Focused solely on selling flour, like F-L-O-U-R. Like... when did they focus solely on selling flour? It's like, bro, that's not a brag, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, such a weird, that's such a weird thing for him to throw in. And, he, and then he says, but as consumers' values have changed, so too has General Mills' focus. It's like, from Like, when we're consumers, like, we only care about flour. <laughs> like, they're like, we love Nerf balls. We love board games. We love flour. <laughs> Don't take it away from us. It, it sounds almost weirdly like a like a plea for credibility. Yeah, like he's like, yeah, we liked flour. Like when that was uh, when that was big, that was what we like. We we're not like shallow. Like we don't only like Nerf bar, balls and board games. We also like like down home, like flat. Like you put in almost you put in so many of your meals and baking. <laughs> I just think that like he's all talk and it's totally. like, yeah. And, and by the way, Jeff Harmoning, where were you, where were you when it was the flower days? Like you jump on when it's like Reese's Pieces, the cereal, this Reese's Puffs has already been established and, and, and now yep. I'm going to come in and make it help. But like, where were you when we were all about just plain old flower? That's what I want to know, Jeff. Exactly. Jeff, also <laughs> weirdly the name of the guy who tried to steal Kelly Kapowski in regular Saved by the Bell. So I think we know what Which we're I, up I don't know if you saw is my uh, way background. I didn't know that. No. And isn't that funny? When we started the podcast, I was showing Jonah a picture of him. Yeah. That is yeah, really he, weird. He, he, did, he did Kelly dirty. Yeah. I don't remember what happened. Jonah, you do remember. It's the one where she starts, they start sneaking out and going to this club and Jeff is the club owner. Right. And then she falls in love with him. And then it's the Halloween episode where like they win for, where Zach and Kelly win for Romeo and Juliet. And then they get on the stage and she's like, she's like, I love you too. She says something else. She calls him Jeff. And he's like, and the audience is like, ooh. And then they break up outside of the, uh, outside. I will only slightly correct that. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm mixing up episodes. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff is the is Kelly's boss, I believe. At uh, you're the right. You're yeah. right. You're absolutely okay. right. But I think Zach and the gang catch him at the club. That's right. The the attic, I think, and at they the like attic. see, That's see the, him. With you're exactly right. Woman. You're exactly yeah. right. When he was working at the Max, would he always talk about how he invented flour? <laughs> <laughs> he should have. He's like, me and Jeff Harmerling. And Kelly's like, oh, I'm so impressed because I know who the fuck that is. Now, by the way, I want to say, if Jeff would like to sponsor this podcast, we would love to do ads for new Reese's Puffs, a little yeah. healthier for everyone to try. So, Kyle, do you have um, something that you would like to bring back to the present or, or you know, a CEO you'd like to just take down? Yeah, we're kind of opening it up to all of it. <laughs> Well, I really like what you said about Jeff, and I kind of feel like I would sort of taint it if I got into the CEOs I don't like, 
right, 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 right. Fair enough. It might have been my brother, Ryan, who brought this up to me. So I don't want to claim full ownership or, or originality on, on this idea of, of, of something that I'd like to bring back. But I don't know. If, do, you guys, do, do you all watch TV like on an actual so TV much. ever? Yeah. Like you, you, you have cable. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Vanessa does. Yeah. I do it occasionally. And I like it's comforting to me because like. Sure. It feels like a lot like, I don't know. I think we watch everything on our tablets and computers now in a way that it feels a little foreign, you know? Yeah. Anyway, one thing you can't do as far as I can tell, and I'm sure I could be absolutely wrong, is there's no longer PIP, picture in picture. Oh. Did you have ever growing up or in any circumstance have access to PIP on your controller? Yes. Definitely. And then you, there was also the button where you could switch the small and the big yes, window. Yes, you could swap. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you could have like Saved by the Bell, the college years on uh, the big screen and then PIP, you could have the new class on or whatever. Totally. When the commercial and you could swap back and forth and like, I don't know, that's, I, I miss that. Like if, you, yeah. if you're now watching t- TV live, you're going to have to change the channel and like just take the risk that you might miss something or come in late or uh, or you could like rewind but like you can't watch them at the same time yeah that's so interesting because yeah you think that technology tends to move forward it seems like we're regressing in a way it's that's interesting i never thought about that and i did my understanding because i maybe my brother looked it up that it does have something to do with the digital nature of cable versus like Whatever, however, the te- whatever the technology was with a cable box, like right. analog, is that? I yeah, be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you used to be able to do that, but now that it's digital, you can't really do that anymore. Yeah, yeah it's interesting, and I feel like that was really very marketed to men who watch sports too, where it was yeah. like you could have the game on in the corner while your wife watches, you know, Save by the Bell ecology or whatever. And by the way, and I'm th- my example of switching from college years to the new class seems impossible because they're both on NBC. So I apologize for that. But, um, but it could have been a say by the bell repeat on TBS. While you, you that's know true. I mean? That's true. Yeah. That's interesting. You can't do picture in picture anymore. Yeah. We had a, a my, my dad, I'm not trying to, I feel like it is an ego move here. But my dad at one point got like a big screen TV for the house. Nice. And yeah, it was, <laughs> It wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cool. You guys would have really liked it. This thing yes, was. If only we'd been friends back then. Fifty-two inches. I want to say. I don't. I'm, I could be pulling that number out of nowhere. But anyway, like, I feel like it could do. It had the classic <laughs> PIP. It had a split screen, so like, Whoa. it would be two. Uh, I guess vertical, like split vertically. Different shows. Yeah. Different channels. And you could also do multiple. I feel like we had we had the ability to like have mo- more than just two shows on. I feel like it was like six or something like that. There, they had some like monster PIP setup that was awesome. Whoa, <laughs> that's amazing. Do you remember my my roommate in college? We did a semester school in oh, LA, yeah. and my roommate this is great. Jay won a rear projection TV on The Price Is Right. We went to our whole class went to The Price Is Right. Bob Barker hosted it. And he won this TV and they shipped it to us. And it was like 
we had to, when we'd move, we'd have to put it in a huge truck just for the TV. I mean, it weighed like a thousand pounds. It was like so heavy. Yeah. We had it for a year. We, we had a really crappy apartment in this like $4,000 TV. It was really, I will say like the best thing that I recall about it was like playing Nintendo 64 on it. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that, that was uh, a pretty rad experience. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I bet that was so cool. Anyways, okay, so picture in picture. I think that's <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one, Kyle. That's I think a really that's good one, one we should Kyle. definitely people should figure it out. I mean, I know it's different with the signal, but we have all this technology now, they should be able to figure out how to do that. Yeah, if we're pitching on what this technology could be I mean, like in theory, it should be at a place where not only can you watch can you see what's happening on other channels on cable, but like can we get like a Roku signal or like a Netflix or Prime I mean, I guess that, that doesn't really make much sense, but it would be nice to immediately swap to uh, to whatever other thing you want to watch. I don't know. Now I'm getting silly. I don't like this idea, and I take back that that component. You're not getting silly. I think I think you have to take it to the max to be able to pull it back and get to the thing you want. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's honestly how I feel, and I think it's really cool that you brought that up, honestly. <laughs> awesome. Well. Speaking of which, Kyle, now our listeners, like, where can they find you? Obviously, your awesome Netflix show, Saturday Morning All Star Hits. Where else can people find you other than also Saturday Night Live? <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter at, as Kyle at Kyle Mooney. Cool, and that's really you. Yeah, yeah. Every once awesome. in a while, I'll post a little thing and be like, "Hey, check check me What's out." What's up? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, so this happened to me today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly. But yeah, it's mostly <laughs> mostly rants. Cool. Well, Kyle, it's been absolutely an honor and a half having you here, hasn't it, Jonah? Yes. Thanks so much to Kyle for joining us and everyone listening. No thanks to Jeff Hammerling. You know what you've done. If you enjoyed <laughs> that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Saved by the Bell, the college years. Yeah, maybe we can talk about the time when we were all so into flower. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.